Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $175 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Got a lot to do even in the last hour. I'll get an update on Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. She did land there earlier today. It was actually already uh, Tuesday in Taiwan when she landed. She's expected to stay at least a day. And, of course, the Chinese didn't like the fact that Nancy Pelosi made a visit to that island. They consider it their territory. Uh, there are some that think that uh, China might react in a rather uh, explosive way. So far, it's mostly just been a show of force. We'll talk about it coming up later on in the hour. Going to give you an update now on the L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon. We had gotten a heads up last week that the L.A. County Registrar of Voters had notified the L.A. County Board of Supervisors that it was possible that today at their regular meeting of the Board of Supervisors, he might have the results of the signature verification process for the recall effort against George Gascon. He actually gave them a letter last week saying it was possible that on Tuesday, August 2nd, at their regular meeting, he would come to them with the results. And if the results were that the recall qualified for the ballot, they had to get ready to set a date for the recall election within 30 days. But we were told it was pulled from the agenda. It is not happening this week. So we'll find out if it happens next week or the week after. Okay, so let's talk now to a woman by the name of Heather Scott 
And we're going to talk to Heather and Kathy. Katie, of course, has been on the show many times. Uh, she was a longtime uh, deputy DA. Uh, now she works on behalf of victims because with this L.A. County DA, George Gascon, there's nobody representing victims. Heather Scott's father, Fred Rose, was murdered back in 1992. We talked about this story yesterday with John Lewin, an L.A. County deputy DA. The headline is Families Feel Tricked by L.A. County DA George Gascon Over Resentencing of Death Row Inmates. And the murderer of Heather's father is one of those people we're talking about. His name is Scott Forrest Collins, who killed her father in 1992. And the DA's office, through the use of these deputy DAs that he brought over, uh, they are actually public defenders, are working to resentence death row inmates to what is known as life without the possibility of parole. But there is, when you get LWAP and the way the California system is set up, always the possibility of parole, even if it's elder parole. So let's bring on Heather and Kathy Katie to talk about the story a bit more. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for covering this for us. Yes. So Heather, uh, talk about your dad. I know you were a youngster at the time, but um, this must have been quite a hardship for the family. It was in so many ways. I mean, the, the initial trauma of it was just horrific. You know, you really can't even, even in my victim's impact statements, I really haven't been able to um, put into words how uh, horrifying the murder itself was. And um, and then honestly, this last, this latest trauma has just really brought up so many raw emotions for us. Um, he was a precious man. He was a father of three children and a loving husband. Um, and then, you know, all of this left my mom to raise us by herself. And she's done a wonderful job, um, and, but she has also been completely traumatized by by this latest um, absurd move to resentence Scott Collins. Yeah. Now, when you when you this man did get the death penalty for killing your father, right? He did. And now the move is being made by the L.A. County D.A. to resentence this man to the to life without the possibility of parole. How did you come to learn of this? Well, my mom received a voicemail from someone in the DA's office, and the voicemail we we were very confused by because it promised that nothing would change, that we should just trust the district attorney's office, that they were just simply going to resentence Scott Collins, um, the, and, and the promise was specifically made on this recording that he would never get out of prison. So mom called. And she was upset because I, I think initially the voicemail just sounded so informal to her that she was very confused by what was being said. Um, and so I called Shailon Joseph's office and asked for some clarification. And it was, I just got bits and pieces of information. They refused to tell me who had filed the motion to resentence him, why this was being done. They just, continued to promise that he would never get out of prison and that nothing would change. Um, but in later conversations with Shaylon Joseph, when I really pressed her, I said, my concern is, you know, of course we've known since I've known since I was 12 years old that he, that Scott Collins likely would not be executed. 
but we felt very safe with this extra layer of protection that he was in San Quentin, that he would never get out of prison. Um, and when I really pressed Shayla and Joseph and asked her for assurance or some type of promise that he wouldn't be resentenced again in the future, um, she couldn't give that to me. She wouldn't. She said, I can't promise you that. Um, and I said, you know, well, how long do we have to write our uh, opinions? Yeah. We are opposed to this. And she said, oh, well, you've got a couple weeks to write to the judge before I file. And she filed the next day without oh, wow. notifying us. Wow. And again, Deputy DA Shaylon Joseph, who you're referring to, is another one of these public defenders that George Gascon brought into his office to handle this kind of dirty work. Let me bring Kathy Katie in here. I mean, what are the rules in terms of notifying the family? I'm surprised, Kathy, the way this office operates of Gascon, that they even reached out to the family of Fred Rose to tell them they were doing anything with resentencing. Well, right. And uh, I mean, I, of course, I'm glad that they did. And thankfully, Heather was able to get in touch with um, Steve Cooley and myself, who, you know, were both representing um, her and her mom and the family in this case. But uh, I think the, the the point to be made here is that uh, it would appear, certainly from this case, that uh, when Ms. Joseph, uh, on behalf of Gascon, reached out, that the way that she phrases everything is, oh, it's all okay. You should go ahead and trust us. There's nothing really to see here. And, um, you know, and then what she does is she will write in her motions, uh, which she has done in several other cases, that, you know, she's contacted the victim's family and they have no objection. Well, um, it's possible that some families may not have no objection, but many families, if they um, had things explained to them the way that they have a right to have them explained in a meaningful way, they might well have objections. And uh, unfortunately, Ms. Joseph has filed a similar motion in at least five other cases that I'm aware of. And then there are other um, former career public defenders who have been rehired to work for the county. They were retired, and then they're coming back now to work as deputy DAs, filing these similar resentencing motions in other um, cases where the death penalty had been the sentence. And um, what's going on in terms of the district attorney's attempt to have all of this done essentially in secret, because when you look at their motion, they're trying to do it based on a stipulation between themselves and the defense and have it done in chambers, which, of course, completely um, violates the Constitution and does not allow the victim an opportunity to be heard to be able to say, I don't, appre I, I don't approve of this. This is not okay to me. So um, I think really that is, uh, you know, what happened um, in Heather's dad's case is uh, a good example of what the district attorney's office is trying to do. So they're trying to use um, various legal mechanisms that, um, in my opinion, uh, do not really apply to try to resentence people, and they're essentially trying to do it in secret. Now, I'm, I'm gratified to know that, uh, at least in, in many cases, if not all, the judges are saying, no, we're not going to be doing this in chambers based on a stipulation. We'll be doing it in open court, which is where, of course, everything should be done when you're talking about a criminal case. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful that um, Heather was able to reach out to uh, Mr. Cooley and myself and that we were able to come in and at least give them an opportunity to feel like their voice is being heard because it would appear as though Shalon Joseph uh, is, is trying to take that right away from victims.
And this um, killer yeah. is 52 years old. So what are the possibilities if they are successful in resentencing him to life without the possibility of parole? What are the possibilities for him of actually being paroled? Do you know? Um, well, if he if he stays in on a life without the possibility of parole, he should not be able to get out. But um, unfortunately, the legislature, as you know, has um, enacted some recent laws. Um, but more importantly, um, what Shalon Joseph is not doing, she's going ahead and affirmatively making this motion on her own on behalf of Gascon. But um, there are other legal claims that are still pending, and she is not concern is that she'll go in and try to have it resentenced to life without the possibility of parole. And then when that's done, then she'll go back and try to deal with these other claims that the defense has you know, made that have been out there for years that were previously being defended by prosecutors in the office that she may now come in and concede, which would change the sentence again. And I think that's really the main concern is that what used to be um, something where victims could have, um, you know, they could they could feel comforted in knowing that justice was served and that the conviction was over and that the which, by the way, the Constitution um, guarantees them a right to have, uh, you know, confidence in. But uh, based on what's going on in the DA's office, based on his policies, which are really his politics, um, he, uh, through Shalon Joseph and others, is trying to have all of these sentences essentially overturned on their own motion um, and not based on any um, real legal statute. Right. Um, and I would say that, um, you know, he really is talking. Nope, we're losing you occasionally, Kathy. Uh, Heather, are you still there? I am. All right, Heather, I do have to go. I appreciate talking to you and keep us posted on your efforts to block this move. Um, We will. Absolutely. uh, And I'm sure that you you have followed this story all these years and for justice for your father. Mm -hmm. We hope this man remains in prison for the rest of his natural life. Thank you for coming on. Thank Thank you you for covering this for us. Okay, that's, that's Heather Scott. Her father, Fred Rose, was executed for what appeared to be $200 in 1992 in Lancaster. His murderer, somebody named Scott Forrest Collins, is got the benefit of L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon on his side. He's trying to get this man resentenced from the death sentence to life without the possibility of parole. You also heard Kathy Cady, an advocate for victims. Kathy and many other attorneys have stepped up. Kathy's in retirement to help the victims and their families because the L.A. County D.A.'s office doesn't do that anymore. Basically, everybody that works there is a public defender that works for the criminals. John and Ken show here on KFI AM 640. John is on vacation this week. Coming up after 530, I'll talk to ABC News in Washington, D.C. for the latest on Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. She did get into the country today, escorted by some fighter jets. Uh, She arrived. She was greeted by the Taiwanese leaders. It's a tricky situation since we don't officially recognize Taiwan as its own independent nation. Uh, China considers it part of their territory. And China has made some not so veiled threats to not sit by when Nancy Pelosi visits Taiwan. But that happened today. And from my understanding, she's still there. We'll get the latest from ABC News after our news update coming up at 530. Uh, Now that we're really no longer going to deal with COVID-19 because 
We're allowing people to just make their own decisions on whatever precautions they want to make. Even LA Unified gave up today. They're not going to mandate masks, vaccines, testing. Everybody's finally decided to move on. And this particular round of subvariants is beginning to subside. We move to the new obsession from the health field, and that is none other than the monkeypox. The state of California has declared an emergency. L.A. County's declared a local emergency. There's emergencies all over the state. The county of L.A. and the county of San Francisco account for the large majority of cases. Monkeypox cases in L.A. County rose to 423 yesterday. It's an 80% jump from a week before. And that's always the way that they react to news like this. Remember, there's always a lag when people get infected with something even like the monkeypox to the time that it shows up in the numbers. I'm sure that there are some people now that have gotten the vaccine, although it's hard to get. The supply is critically low, which is a complete failing by uh, local and national uh, emergency workers to try to get more of this vaccine to people. Um, the monkeypox virus, in case you haven't heard this by now, is disproportionately, that's the word that's used, affecting men who have sex with men as well as transgender and non-binary people. Although the caution is it is not a sexually transmitted disease. It is contracted through skin-to-skin -skin contact or through fabrics that have touched the virus. In fact, today the news came down that there is a child in Long Beach who has been officially infected with monkeypox. Now, the other thing about monkeypox you need to understand is it's not likely to be fatal. Worldwide, there have been a few people that have died, but it's not near what COVID and other types of transmissible diseases have caused as far as casualties. That is unlikely to happen, but it is indeed highly uncomfortable because of these lesions that grow on your skin and then eventually they pop and there's pus and they're painful and it's awful. So one thing that's been happening that got some attention, San Francisco, of course, is one of the places that's been hit by monkeypox cases. Again, I want to repeat, this is not like COVID. It's not spreading that way. It's not likely to spread that way. But nevertheless, for the people that have it, it's not a pleasant thing and they deserve some help, whatever can be done. And certainly more vaccine should be administered to the population. But up in San Francisco, they have something called Up Your Alley Leather and Fetish Fair. And this particular type of festivities, which goes on in a community of San Francisco called Soma, is, uh, well, you can guess by the name, it's supposed to... Uh, uh, celebrate uh, kink <laughs> a day of kink demonstrations dancing and shopping and some people up there were disappointed that the organizers behind the festival didn't really put out any warning about the dangers of monkeypox because people that go probably will be gay lesbian transgender maybe non-binary people i don't know but there is a possibility that they'll meet up with some other people and they could end up with monkeypox in fact one san francisco resident uh, told uh, the Chronicle, his name is David Harris, he just had a 10-day quarantine after what he thought was monkeypox symptoms, but turned out not to be. But he says he doesn't understand the silence. It's the elephant in the room. Why aren't people talking about this? 
warning people, I'm not going to go to this year's festival because I think people need to understand that the danger is probably higher in certain populations. It's kind of the way AIDS started. Men who have sex with men are more likely to continue to have sex with other men. That's what kept AIDS pretty much in that population. And it seems to be working the same way with the monkeypox. But there's no excuse for them not getting enough vaccine out there. There isn't really any treatment for this. So that's about the only way that you can deal with this. Uh, Ferrer announced that they're getting an additional 9,000 doses of one of the vaccines so they can expand eligibility and eventually do an online registration process. All right, coming up next, talk about one of the big international stories, and that is the visit of the Speaker of the House, California's own Nancy Pelosi, to Taiwan. Russia has been, Russia, China has been warning for about a week that she better not visit that island nation. But it's not a nation. It belongs to us. I'll talk next to ABC News about it on the John and Ken Show. The big international story. Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, Democratic Congress member from California, 82 years old, has arrived in Taiwan today. And the Chinese, after saying that they weren't going to stand for it, well, so far, they're not doing much except for a bunch of military exercises like saber-rattling stuff. We're going to talk to Jay O'Brien, ABC News for KFI, for more on the story. Jay? Hey, Ken. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? So how's this being received in Washington? It's good. That's a good. That's the million-dollar question. Is The biggest question right now is how Beijing chooses to respond, as you just alluded to. There are planned military exercises now in the waters around Taiwan. These are live-fire military exercises. But so far... That's the extent to which we've seen China go to counter this trip. We've seen some pretty sharp rhetoric from Beijing. Uh, you've seen some of the statements out there. Those who will play, fire, play with fire will perish by it. That was from Xi Jinping to President Biden. And then we saw Chinese officials calling this a serious violation of what's called the One China policy, which is China's claim to Taiwan that the U.S. doesn't officially dispute but other than that, we are not certain as to where Beijing goes from here. And what the White House is saying is that Beijing's response to this diplomatic visit from the speaker is up to Beijing, meaning that the speaker's there. She's wheels down. She's touched down. She's spending the night in Taipei, Taiwan's capital. And where we go from here diplomatically, the White House says, is up to Beijing. Now, explain to our listeners, what really is the relationship between the United States and the government of Taiwan? I guess it was an agreement from 1979 that was reached over this. Exactly right. And so officially, the United States government doesn't dispute China's claim that Taiwan is a part of China. Taiwan is an island off the coast of China, obviously. And the Chinese government has laid claim to it. They do not say it's a sovereign state. They say it's a part of China. And officially, the United States' government's diplomatic position has always been that they don't dispute that claim. That's the official position. Now, the unofficial position is that the United States government has a very close relationship with Taiwan, primarily because it is a democratic government in the shadow of an autocratic government from China. We sell weapons to Taiwan. We have diplomatic relationships with Taiwan, et cetera, et cetera. All all while not officially disputing China's claim that it is a part of China. Now, apparently, there's about 20-some-odd million people that live in Taiwan, the island of Taiwan, as you mentioned. Did they have anything of a military themselves? Taiwan has a, has a military. It obviously is not the size of China's military. It does conduct military exercises, obviously not the scale to which China's does. 
But the question now is going forward diplomatically, how does China choose to act after the speaker's trip? And does that um, escalate militarily? Obviously, live fire exercises are some degree of an escalation because you're conducting military drills nearby Taiwan, and therefore that is a concern. But beyond that, what does Beijing do? There was some talk earlier in the year that because of Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine, that Russia, some foreign policy experts have said, views Ukraine similarly to how Xi Jinping views Taiwan and does that embolden Xi Jinping. All of that was obviously talk. But again, how Beijing chooses to go forward is up to Xi Jinping and the Chinese government. Now, she arrived on an Air Force plane and she did have some kind of a military escort because China had said things like if she does have military planes escorting her into Taiwan, uh, that's okay for us to possibly shoot them down. Obviously, that didn't happen, but that was the threat, apparently. And that was the bluster exactly right from the Chinese government. Now, the White House has said that the speaker has every right to travel with a military plane because when speakers of the House and congressional delegations, for that matter, that don't include the speaker, travel abroad, they use military equipment, military planes, often have some, you know, pared down version of a military escort, nothing like, you know, the president or other diplomatic leaders when they travel abroad. But China did make that threat. In fact, there was some early reporting that they, China had claimed that it uh, scrambled jets as the speaker's plane approached. Um, Taiwanese officials have disputed that claim. But one thing's for certain is that the Chinese government has at minimum decided it's going to double down on this rhetoric condemning the trip. They posted a big um, post on Chinese social media that said, you know, there is but only one China, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that's how the Chinese government is at least planning to go forward in the next few hours. Apparently, we do have some sort of U.S. military ships somewhere in that region of the world. Is that true? Yes, that's true. There have been at least two, if I recall correctly, U.S. ships that have been moved into that region. Whether or not that's a response to the live fire exercises, the speaker's visit, or just moved on their own is somewhat up in the air. But again, it's those live fire exercises that will take place after the speaker leaves that is the next chapter of this story that's going to draw everyone's attention, and then how China decides to, if that's the capstone, if that's the last thing that they do, or if that's just one reaction in many. Did people in Taiwan turn out to greet her, or was it just officials? There was a number of people in Taiwan that turned out to greet her. In fact, if, if some of the footage that you see are people celebrating the speaker's trip, there was a number of Taiwanese people in the streets welcoming the speaker. There was even some footage of people who were there opposing the speaker's trip and saying, don't come to Taiwan. We also saw a pretty significant reaction on Chinese social media of people posting that they oppose the speaker's trip. This is obviously social media that's used by people on mainland China. So there was a, a variety of reaction back here at home, interestingly enough, There was significant positive reaction from Republicans on Capitol Hill, including Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who said he supported the speaker's decision to go to Taiwan. He supported the message that it sent to the Taiwanese government. And he said that the Chinese government cannot tell members of Congress where they can go and where they can't go. Yeah. And apparently, though, the Biden people are saying very little. They seem to want to be neutral on this visit. Well, we've seen now from the White House after the speaker neared Taiwan and landed that it's, you know, the White House doesn't oppose the speaker's trip. And in fact, they've been saying that for the last few days, that it's not up to the administration to tell the speaker where to go and where she can't go because she's a co-equal branch of government. There was obviously some diplomatic concern that going to China at this point would perhaps imperil 
some diplomatic efforts that the administration was having with the Chinese government, including a call that the administration wanted to set up between Chinese President Xi Jinping and President or Chinese leader Xi Jinping and President Joe Biden last week. That call did take place, however, and the administration has continued to say subsequent to that meeting or that call between the two leaders that it's up to the speaker as to where she wants to go. And they can't tell her not to go anywhere she wants to. Now, part of me said, what's the big deal? Apparently, there's been other congressional delegations that have gone to Taiwan. I guess she's just the highest ranking in a number of years. Well, she's the highest ranking in about 25 years. And the last Speaker of the House to go was Newt Gingrich back when he was Speaker. And so, you know, decades have passed, obviously, since that trip. Pelosi now is the highest ranking official to go since that trip. But, yeah, there have been other congressional delegations that have gone. There have been other Speakers of the House, obviously, Gingrich, as we said, that have gone to Taiwan. But this is somewhat of a different Taiwanese government, but it's certainly a much different Beijing government than when Gingrich went in the 90s. And so the question really focuses on Xi Jinping and how he chooses to respond and and how he views Taiwan as it relates to China, not just in the next few days responding to Pelosi's trip, but in the next few years and, and, and what actions he may or may not take against Taiwan in that time. Yeah, I mean, the big thing here is the parallels to Russia and Ukraine. And everyone said back in February when Russia invaded Ukraine, oh, China's watching this because they may move on Taiwan. So it's interesting that she decided to make this trip just a few months after that. There's no official business she's going to conduct. This is really just ceremonial to say hello. Well, her yes, and her thought process has been that this trip underscores the United States commitment to the fact that Taiwan is a democratic government in that region. And she said, quote, in the Washington Post, actually, uh, right as she touched down, she released this op-ed and, and said, we cannot stand by as the Chinese Communist Party proceeds to threaten Taiwan and democracy itself. And so that really is, is the sentence that sums up the entire trip. It's meant to reaffirm to Taiwanese officials that the United States government, particularly the United States Congress, because Pelosi is a member of Congress, obviously, has their back. All right, Jay, thank you very much for that report. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ken. All right, that's Jay O'Brien, ABC News for KFI, covering the Nancy Pelosi trip. She did arrive in Taiwan. That news came out yesterday that she was going to go. It wasn't a secret. Some thought that she might try to get in there without any kind of fanfare or announcement. But apparently she did land in Taiwan earlier our time today. I think she's going to stay a day or so. And basically all the Chinese have done so far is run military exercises. They've got military tanks uh, across the way. Uh, Taiwan's an island off of China, so they're on the beaches of the other side uh, acting tough. There were some pro-Chinese supporters who showed up in Taiwan with signs. My favorite was, go home, Torbelmaker. Well, they wanted to write the sign in English so English media would pick up on it because they're, they were telling Pelosi to go home, but they spelled it Torbel. Go home, Torbel maker. The other one was good, though, was American Witch Go Home. Mm, calling Pelosi an American witch. All right, I got more coming up here on the John and Ken Show on KFI. By the way, the update on Pelosi, she's in a heavily guarded hotel in Taiwan. Apparently, Taiwan has sent a lot of military and police there to make sure that she's safe overnight with her stay in Taiwan. Uh, another one has left the building. Geico, the big insurance company, the Geico Gecko, they're no longer offering in-person locations in California for you to go and purchase car and homeowners insurance. That's about 100 people that are laid off. This is a company that's actually based in Maryland, but they literally closed down all their offices in the state. They had locations in Santa Monica, Hawthorne, Burbank, and Torrance. 
they are now permanently closed. I think you could still buy Geico insurance. You just can't go into one of their offices in California because the lights are out. Then there's nobody home. Big story today on the John and Ken show, which we're expecting to be able to talk to the man at the center of it tomorrow involves a man by the name of Craig Cope. He's 80 years old. He's the Norco market and liquor store owner. And he was behind the counter early Sunday morning when he looked at his surveillance cameras and he noticed something that didn't look good. A car pulled up. Guys with masks, dark clothing, weapons. He knew right away this isn't going to be good. He did talk to the New York Post this afternoon. He basically said they didn't do their homework because Norco is a place that sort of has a, a Western style to it. A lot of people own horses and a lot of people own guns. And Craig is one of them. If you haven't seen the video, I've seen it like a hundred times. The guy comes into, there was four robbers, but only one enters the store with his weapon up. And it sounds like he says something to the effect to put your hands up. But Craig is behind the counter, a little bit shielded. They are some distance apart across the store. And Craig opens fire with a shotgun. And he got the guy apparently in the shoulder. Uh, you have that 17 seconds of... Uh, yeah. Hands in the air. Hands in the air. Hands in the air. He shot my arm off. He says, I saw them getting out of the car in masks and with guns, so I figured this was going to happen. I just knew they were armed and masked, and they were coming in, so I got ready for them. Uh, surveillance footage from inside the store shows him firing that shotgun just seconds after the gunman, you heard him say, hands up, came into the store. He was screaming that I shot his arm off. That's what he said. <laughs> that guy's apparently in critical condition, recovering at a local hospital. Craig, of course, did suffer a heart attack. He's recovering at his home. We spoke to the New York Post. He wants to keep working at the store, but he says he might have to cut back on his hours. That has nothing to do with the attempted robbery. He just says it was an isolated incident. I'll still be around one way or another. He purchased a store in 1976, ran it for 19 years before selling it. Then he bought it back about seven years ago. He wouldn't say whether this is the first time the store has been targeted by criminals. Uh, again, the word right now from Riverside County Sheriff's Department is no charges, although they were still investigating the incident. Cope said about Norco, it's not a high crime area and it's not a good place for robbers to come. A lot of people here are conservative. They're probably armed. As I mentioned before, these guys didn't do their homework. So they have nabbed the four suspects. Three are already being held on $500,000 bond. The fourth, of course, is the guy in critical condition who you hear screaming in that bit of audio there that uh, he shot off my arm. I don't know if that actually happened, but we'll find out. Uh, he says um, he grew up in Illinois. He hunted as a kid. It's not going to be on my mind or keep me from doing anything. It's not going to change how I operate. I'm already alert. I pay attention to my surroundings. We had learned earlier in the show that he had just installed that uh, elaborate surveillance system some months ago when the sheriff's department people came in and said, look, convenience store robberies are happening right now all over the place. 
Maybe you just want to prepare yourself. Clearly, Craig Cope was prepared. All right, it's time for Conway. Hey, ding dong. Ding, ding dong. dong. With you. Matt Money Smith is coming on to talk about the Live Golf uh, and the Saudi Arabia money that's behind it. That's uh, interesting, right? David Vasse on the Soto trade uh, went from the uh, Nationals to the Padres. What are you doing, um, a sports show today? Yeah, it's all sports. Four hours of sports. I'm auditioning for uh, 570 AM, trying to get a weekend gig over and there. And you need help because if it's not horse racing, you don't know enough. That's right. And uh, and then we got another topic. Uh, Magic Johnson or Michael Jordan, call us with your favorite. Uh, who's better, <laughs> Magic, Kobe Bryant, or You're, Michael don't Jordan? Don't forget the word, the GOAT. Yeah, the GOAT. Who's the GOAT this year? Come on, call us here. 1-800-5201-534. Um, LA City Council has passed an ordinance mandating that homeless camps must be within 500 feet of school or daycare centers. Must be within 500 feet? Yeah, it did sound weird. I well, guess that maybe, does sound reversed. Yeah, something must That's quite an ordinance. Written that down improperly, oh, okay. I don't know. Right, maybe. Uh, there's a new smart technology uh, where glasses can be worn so deaf people can see in real time the captions when talking to others. Wow. And I think that's it's going to be good for uh, international travel, too. You can put on glasses, you go to Italy... And then when somebody talks to you in Italian, it'll it'll uh, the the subtitles and your glasses will be in English. That's, That's fantastic. Cool. That yeah. could be breakthrough. You never have to learn another language at all. <laughs> and then the Geico uh, Gecko, there's a brand new commercial with him walking out of his office with all his belongings in a little matchbox and uh, and 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 walking out of a, an office uh, depressed out of his mind. California office. Yeah, apparently. they're all gone. You can't they're get gone. a gun. hundred people laid off. That's horrible. Right? The Geico Gecko has hit the road. Yeah. They could have saved those jobs maybe if they just, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. I like the uh, the Geico uh, insurance. So we have. Uh, are, are you amazed by all the insurance company ads that run? It's just yeah, you all know, over TV, night and day, every channel. Right. But they say that 99% of people have seen Geico commercials. That's a lot. That's a lot. That is they, like everybody. I read a story. They were first like 40 years ago to start oh, with, right? this, with the mascot, too. Oh, with the, with yeah. the Gecko. Ding dong. And, and apparently. That really stuck to, in people's brains. So yeah, I like that yeah. little gecko guy. He's out sailing in a little boat, right? Yeah, um, an Australian and then, accent. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yes, yes, yeah. He has an accent, right? I forgot about that. And then uh, starting tomorrow, California farm workers are marching 335 miles for union voting rights. I'm not sure which direction they're going in, but 335 <laughs> miles. But they'll put him in somewhere in like mid mid state of Montana. I don't know. <laughs> okay. uh, and then monkeypox. We got your latest Big on monkeypox. Yeah, you got quite a show. The pox is back, the man. The pox is back. Yes. All right, Conway's coming up next. It's Big KFI, KOST. Oh, and Mark Thompson. I'm sorry, Mark Thompson's here. He just walked in. Mark Thompson, everybody. Sorry, Ken. <laughs> sorry, Ken. Is that actually him or is that you? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <laughs> Los Angeles, Orange County. Oh, uh, so Dig Dog, Michael Crozier has <laughs> the news now. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. 
They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side-by-side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.